It is episode number 14 of the Chris Rose Rotation on John Boy Media. I want to welcome Trevor May of the New York Mets back. I just want to say I've got a little extra gear with me today. Hope you're... I'm ready. Oh. Let's let's talk about it. I'm ready. I believe that's yeah. the exact model, too, which is hilarious. If, if uh, people are using this audio only, I am wearing an elbow guard today. It's my son's. I need to get back to him because he's got baseball practice coming up. Were you were you worried that we were going to bring this up since we are taping the day after the home opener, the controversial home opener? I knew. You know what? It's you know I knew it was going to happen. Sometimes you just got to deal with your stuff, man. It is what it is. But uh, we got a W, so I know. But you also would you have been okay if they had gotten together the umpires like they did, and if somebody went to Ron Culpa who admitted afterward he blew the call. If somebody had said, "Hey, Ron, was that a strike?" And he said, yes. He said, did it look like maybe Conforto was sticking his elbow out a little bit? And he would have said, well, maybe. Well, it should have been a strikeout. Let's continue on with the inning. Do you think everybody in the ballpark would have been like, yeah. Yeah, there would have been a lot of moaning and groaning. But I think that uh, I think that long term, everybody, like, yeah, you know, and, and it's one of those things, man. It would have been second out. The inning wouldn't have been over, right? We would have had uh, right. Pete coming you guys could have won. So, so um, and, and, you know. If there's not a guy in the world that lives for the big moment, it's Pete Alonzo. I'm going to be honest. That guy cannot wait to come mm-hmm. up in that situation. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I have faith that it would have been over the next batter anyways. But, um, again, we'll never know, right? Yeah. Maybe it just gets to the bigger issue of replay and we can't get into judgment calls and stuff. Like, do you think we ought to be getting into judgment calls? Because they could they could only review whether or not Conforto got hit, not whether or not he intentionally stuck his elbow out. Yeah, that's a little bit of a weird one. Um, and I don't really know what the precedent is. There has to be a precedent for that rule to exist like that um, in, in the past. Uh, but, I, you know, you know, I, I get it, man. Things happen quick. Uh, go back and look at it. It did uh, technically hit him. So within the confines of that rule, technically it's hit a batter. Um, but again, it, it does show it does show that the rules aren't perfect, uh, very obviously, and that a lot of times, um, honestly, if it was defaulted to if the umpire crew like decided like that it was going to be a, a judgment call at that point and their hands weren't tied. I don't think anyone I, I, there would have been like some, oh, you can't do that. But it would have been like, eh, you're probably right. So, um, you know, everyone everyone kind of knew that it was iffy um, at the time. But uh, at the same time, like I'm. I, I know I know Michael uh, 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 a little bit more now, and I know that like he's up there. Uh, he's he's not a he's not a guy who who's like too you know too ego like needing to be the guy who like hits the homer or whatever. He's just like anything I need to do to to get you just got those guys, and he's one of those guys. So um, and I know that's just kind of what he defaulted to. He's like, oh, that's kind of up and in, and and maybe didn't see there was a breaking ball immediately, and just you know. It, and then it looked if the you way been it looked. On, by the way, if you had been on the mound, though, and guys, I imagine oh, I'd be furious. Happening. I can't imagine. <laughs> no, okay. I I can't imagine that. That was a, a, a you're just a tough inning top to bottom. And as a reliever, even when we're playing against, you can't help because you've everyone's just had that like sinking the feeling right as a, as a guy back end guy. So, you know, I've been in his maybe not exactly in those shoes, but I can only like I can only imagine like how helpless yeah. it, it would feel. It, it would make me very mad. Yes. Yes. So is, this was all part of the culmination of an amazing week for you where you're all fired up to play opening day against the Nationals. And then that series gets postponed because of COVID issues. Mm. Then you finally get to play in Philadelphia, the, the team that drafted you. And here you are, the prize free agent signing of the Mets, and it doesn't exactly go your way. Uh, how long does a poor performance like that stay with you? Were you up until two or three in the morning going over stuff? Or are you able to wash it away? Not, I'm not gonna lie and say I can wash stuff away. Um, I'm just too, I'm just too uh, uh, front facing and, and accessible, anyways. So people who are naysaying, they can get to me a little bit faster than they can get to other people more effectively. Um, but uh, and and it's one of those things, man. You go, it's the last thing you think about when you go to bed. First thing you think about when you get in the morning, and it's always gonna be like that. That's not gonna go away. I've been around now for, you know, it's my 14th professional season. That's never changed. Um, but I've gotten pretty good at uh, uh, grabbing something actionable out of the group, out of the, out of the stuff. 
and taking it to, to, to the field the next day so that I know that whatever I learned from the night before I'm acting on. And, uh, that's, that's important to me. Um, and so I got a little one dimensional that first night and that's, I, I was like, I threw like 19 fastballs out of 22 pitches. Like, I'm like, that's not mm-hmm. what, I, maybe I just got a little bit game one, got to go good. We're in Philly. They're, you know, they're, they're playing well. They were undefeated or whatever at the time. Like they're, they're all hop, hopped up Philly fans or Philly fans. Uh, so it was like atmosphere wise is like, you know, if you're successful here, you can be successful anyway. So um, that's why I was just trying to enter the next night. And again, it got a little hairy the next night, but I decided in my mind, I'm like, I don't, I'm not just, I'm not going to allow what happened to happen again. Uh, this is in my control. I'm going to control everything I can. I'm going to notice in the middle of this, uh, what is happening right now is like a broken base hit that I probably should have felt fielded and it got under my glove. And then another one was like a 95 hopper through the right good piece of hitting, but it wasn't hit hard. You know, it wasn't like I was missing spots and getting lit up. I was just un- fairly unlucky. A-, a major league baseball player hitter who has lots of experience is just doing their job a little bit better than me. <laughs> So I had to so, find a way, way out. That's the way it is. You're, you're a guy that's so accessible. You mentioned that and active on social media. Did you check Twitter, for example? My Twitter crashed. My Twitter crashed. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even refresh anymore. <laughs> there was so much. And just I'm know not that laughing at you, by the way, I'm not laughing just, at you. You know what? It got to the point where, but you, there was, so, it was so much though, that you couldn't even, you couldn't pick any one thing out. So it was like, it was just like every, every, Every negative thing anyone wanted to think about me was being put into words and, and yelled at me. And and to be honest, I fully expected it. I've gotten it top uh, top right and center. I've gotten it every all the time. Um, and and it's 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 one of those things like maybe if you weren't doing this thing that you enjoy doing out the field, or maybe if you weren't doing this thing. And then there's people who genuinely think they need to give you advice, like stop overthrowing. Um, you know, like as if I don't know all this. I had one guy try to convince me that me struggling there was harder on him than it is on me. <laughs> and he would not let it go. Like would not. Oh, you but but I've been a Mets fan longer than you've been alive and blah blah blah. Like I was like Yeah, but you don't have you talking to you right now, do you? <laughs> so, it, it was it's just some of the like what are you supposed to do with that? You just go, you know, you're right. And then you just move on, right? So, but you, you got to go out and say, uh, uh, and this is the way I'm going to handle it every time. You know, it's not the flat first runs I've given up. It's not going to be the last time I give up runs. Uh, in a big spot, in a situation, I'm going to be as prepared as I can. And I'm going to give every single ounce of stuff I have on every given night. There's going to be, I'm never going to not be prepared. And, and you know, when it comes down to it, it's going to be job done, box checked or not checked. And that's, that's how I determine results. It's not about going out and punching out the side. It's not about going out and uh, doing well, but also being dominant at the same time. It's about my job today is to do X, Y, and Z. And if I go out and do X, Y, and Z, whether that's us down by a run or if that's tie game or if that's up by a run, if we're up by two and I give up a solo shot, but we still have that lead, the job wasn't done as cleanly as I wanted it to be done, but it was still done. Like though that's the, that's the way I, I I approach it. I have to admit to you, uh, when I watch Indians games, and you know I'm a diehard Tribe fan, mm-hmm. I am motherfucking players like left and right. Yeah, and I get and, it. I get right, it. Just because I'm a fan, right? I'm, I'm yeah. just going nuts. You know, it's, I mean, it's I get it. Right, it's a passion. I love them. When I watch you pitch, when I watch Archie Bradley pitch, or Miguel Rojas get in the batter's box, or Glass now, or Giolito start a game. I am nervous like I am at my kids' games. It is, And I don't know if this is something that I need to work on. Like, can you give me advice on how to handle this? Like, nope. I, I want you Stop guys go to away. know. No, you're just going to – that's – we're your kids now. Uh, you're just going to – you want us all to be successful, and you're going to be all uh, uh, conflicted like yesterday when I faced Miggy. And I'm going to face Miggy probably a bunch of times this year, so uh, you might – want to lock that in actually uh, archie and i might be pitching in the same inning and you want want both of us to do well but someone's got to win the game right so uh, uh things like that it's gonna happen um and uh did you think I about kn- that by the way when when miggy got in the batter's box just for oh, a yeah. second i was like oh you did another co-host yeah i thought about it just the way i thought i told you before i, I thought about when when you know the the ending of the game happened i'm like oh, i'm gonna have to talk about that on the pod tomorrow all right like that's that's how my brain works it's it's super funny 
I'm going to be honest, and, and I can't lie. I think that people think would think this is cool sometimes. Um, every once in a while, I'll hear some some sort of cackling or chirping that's hilarious, and I hold on to it. Um, and 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 like it's something that I will use later as a as a as a joke, like on teammates, like that I steal from fans because they're it's actually funny. Uh, or or um, or I'll, I'll just think of things that are like content. For example, I gave up that that solo shot in my first outing in spring but it like windblown it just blew forever and just like barely got out and i had that like look on my face i knew i made that look i knew it was on camera I'm like that's gonna be a good like that's gonna be a funny clip i'm gonna use that before i even got even in i went in checked twitter immediately someone already had a screenshot and they were turning into memes immediately so i was like they're thinking the same way i am i love this and i had a fan the other night doing a meme with an old picture from instagram of me being it looked like i was in a cucumber outfit and there was something about being chill and but it was like making fun of me and i was like yo i am like great meme but i'm actually a pickle that guy went back opened it up changed it to something cool as a dill or something changed it to be a pickle and i was like at that point i was just like that's that's you know i know you're making fun of me but i can this is hilarious you actually went back and took the time to change the meme which is so that's funny a- to me that type of stuff i love you can make fun of me all day. Uh, that's the type of reactions or uh, interactions we're having. Love it. That's good. Did you and Archie Bradley lock eyes out there in the bullpen? I gave him one of these. Um, huh. That bullpen, man. They, uh, they, I, I know that Philly started up the top, and then they switched them down to the lower bullpen, and they are so lucky because it is absolute mayhem up there. Um, and it's weird. Cause you're like in their bullpen. Like when you're first going up, you're like, you're like in there, you're like in the group with them. You're like, oh, Hey guys, like, so you kind of want to get by pretty fast. Uh, um, yeah, I saw Kinsler too. And I played with him and uh, said, what's up. But, uh, um, when you get up there, it's just like, there's just nothing. There's that's one of the most there in Cleveland. Those are the two, like, you're definitely in a, you're like a, dis- you're like a display, like at the zoo, like, like looking down in the bear pit, we are in the bear pit and everyone's just looking down at you like, look, dance for me. And you're like, no, nah, uh, there's nowhere to hide. So yeah, Philly's, Philly's another beast when it comes to that, for sure. So did they yell anything at you that was good? Made you laugh or chuckle? Nah, there was no chuckling. There was some, there was some borderline angry stuff. I got, I got, a, I heard a couple stuff. I'm like, I'm say one more thing. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of reading your Wikipedia. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm streaming. I'm, I'm doing goofy YouTube videos. I like, if you want to go after me, man, there's, there's, there's just DJ Habe. Come on. I have so many things you can bring up. So honestly, it's, it's, it's working out because there's so much that there's no like one little embarrassing thing. I have like a hundred. So they're like, uh, uh, they can't focus on anything. And it, it, it the, the punch isn't there. So it's kind of funny just they're listing stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I've heard some stuff up there, man. There was, not repeatable things some people just kind of they think it's their duty to go in get in your head and make you truly angry but it's not it's not their duty because they feel like they get they feel like if if they say something to you on opening day and then you end up not doing well they can tell all their boys hey i helped the phillies win today and i'm gonna tell you how right exactly come on and i'm gonna be honest though i also understand i get it i get that i get feeling like you're part of it man um fans want to want to be as more and more involved they want more access i mean think about everything i say i it makes sense the mindset i I don't understand you don't need to go about it that way right there's better ways to go about it maybe nicer human ways but i get the need i get it yeah yeah I, i will tell you this one anecdote my um family used to have season tickets to the cleveland cavaliers game when i was growing up and we were about 18 rows up and I remember we were playing the Pistons, whom we hated. They were really good, obviously, in the late 80s. And I remember going, shouting at the top of my lungs at age 17, mind you, Lame Bear, you are such a fucking pussy! <laughs> Screamed it at the top of my lungs. All these people turned around and looked at me. And I had a friend. I took a friend to the game. And my buddy looked at me. He's like, what are you doing? You are an idiot. Do you think that that is going to make Bill Lane Beer play any worse? Like, is he going to stop, look up, and be like, hey, Chris, you know what? You're right. I will, I will change the way I play the game because of what you said. 
and I've never yelled at a player since then. Exactly. That's a good, that's a good lesson for everyone to learn. <laughs> uh, uh, there's, there's a really, there's a really good exercise that I, 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 I try to get younger guys to go. I go, if you were getting lit up by a person, the guy won't stop yelling. At you. Like it's been five minutes. They're continuing going. You haven't acknowledged them. Then you acknowledge them, like look at them and see if they see their eyes light up and then see where they go. Let them go. Let them go. And then what you do is you offer them a ball. And what, and what you see is this cr Christmas morning eyes light up. Like in reality, all they wanted was the ball the whole time. You say, you go, you go, well, your eyes really lit up there, man. You really want a ball, don't you? I'm like, and guess what? I can either give it to you or I can not give it to you. So who's holds the power? <laughs> it's a, it's a, like you, because I've seen it a hundred times, you know, the most vitriolic, horrible stuff. And you're like, Hey, you want a ball? He's like, yeah, like immediately. So at the end of the day, but that also makes it human. Like, like they obviously didn't don't truly mean, I mean, some people do, but like most people are just like, they're really just trying to get a reaction. So, right. uh, uh, um, and that, that makes it a little bit. And then a lot of times you throw them the ball and you know, you act like you're not going to give it and see if they get angry and then you give it to them. And, and, and then, uh, yeah. And then any kids around, they're like, Oh, that's how I get a ball. And then it's just mayhem after that. But, uh, uh, I've seen that done a couple of times where guys were like, just let, let them take it, let them take it. And then give them the ball and just watch the eyes kind of like, like, the, like their mask got dropped and you're like, ah, knew you wanted it. Gotcha. Um, it, it was pretty funny every time. Hey, um, Bill Beer, if you're listening, I'm sorry. After all these years. You had a great career. 33 years old. Did have a great career. You did have a great career. We've got uh, Trevor May's former teammate up there in the Twin Cities, Jake Odorizzi, coming your way after this. Hey, you've heard me talk about win reality before. I'm telling you, it's the real deal to improve your plate discipline and your swing and the way you're seeing the ball. You might have read the columns at MLB.com and The Athletic, seen the quotes from the polar bear Pete Alonzo and Goldie and Yaz talking about how it's helped them. The cool thing here with win reality and virtual reality is you can see 100 pitches in 15 minutes and they give you real-time feedback. The thing I really love is that you can improve in situational hitting. Like different counts, you're going to see different pitches. So today I want to work on being behind in the count, seeing 0-2 pitches. Do I want to see fastballs? Do I want to see off-speed pitch? Listen, it's up to you. Get off the couch, improve your game, and I am here to help you, courtesy of Win Reality. You use the code ROSE, and believe it or not, you are going to train for free the first month. Once again, use the code ROSE at winreality.com, and off you go. You're going to love it. Don't take my word for it. Type in winreality.com. Go do some work. We will be right back to the Chris Rose rotation after this. DraftKings, guys, they're giving away free money. The basketball season, one month left. Wow. It's going to be playoff season two, and DraftKings is hooking you guys up before then. Hey, bet on a team you think's going to win. Any team, guess what? If they make one three-point shot, one three-pointer, you bet $1 and you win 100 It's not a joke. A $1 bet on any NBA team, if that team hits a three, which they're gonna, you win $100. This is only at DraftKings Sportsbook. This is nuts, man. If you're thinking about getting into it, this is the easiest way <laughs> you're going to get 100 bucks on your first bet. $1. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE when you sign up. Turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code ROSE to turn $1 into $100 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let's get back. We continue on with Chris Rose rotation here on John Boy Media. And boy, I'm, I feel like I'm breaking up this wonderful relationship. I'm caught in the middle of Jake Odorizzi and Trevor May, who used to be locker mates up there in Minnesota, and now Jake is a new member of the Houston Astros. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, Rosie. How about you? Doing great, dude. I'm, 
I feel like I should throw on a hat backward just to fit into the group. Hold on. I don't even know what hat I've got nearby. I have no idea, but here we go. How's this look? We good now? An Indian set, isn't it? No, it's... Let me see. <laughs> oh, it's a St. Louis Cardinals. It was just sitting off to the side. Uh, I've got all 30 major league clubs that makes represented. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, Jake, this was your locker mate, right? Up there in Minnesota? It was, yeah. I've seen him change a time or two. So, that's kind of the territory you get to when you're locker mates, you know? Trevor? Yeah, I've also seen him change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what do you got on him? What, what do you got on our boy Jake? I, you know, Jake's pretty good, dude. He's pretty laid back. Uh, uh, just, you know, taking it one day at a time, man. He, I, I no, he was always a great sounding board when I would complain about stuff. That was that's a big thing for me in uh, in teams. Um, I think last year maybe Odo and 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 Avila. You guys were my, you guys were my <laughs> my great. Uh, just let me. I got some stuff to complain about. They were just like, hit me, hit me with it, and let me. So, um, I appreciate that. That's a good teammate right there. What would he complain about, Jake? Um, I, we usually would just baseball stuff. So outings and just, you know, maybe you got squeezed on this pitch. Maybe something mm -hmm. didn't happen like you wanted it to behind you. Whatever it may be, just a typical BS, the same thing I'd bitch about and all that good stuff too. So you got to have, a, you got to be a good listener and you got to help out teammates when it comes to it. So, you know, I listen. Sometimes I need to let it rip for a little while. You're good. You got to move on. You, got, you can't just sit and bottle it up for a while. So the, the longer you hold on to it, the more pissed you end up getting. So okay. you got you to gotta find a good guy that uh, can actually understand it too. Like, yeah, we've all, me and Trevor probably been through pretty much the exact same stuff to, as each other. So you know where you're coming from. You can't just like pick somebody who's got like five days in the building. He's like, man, I don't really care about Trevor. Right? I'm just happy to be here. Like yeah, <laughs> you got yeah. to find the right people. Yeah. 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 We had, yeah. Yeah, we've gone through the same stuff. Are there guys, though, on the team who are just constantly, because it happens in TV and, and media. I've been in this business for almost 30 years. There are certain people who are just perpetually unhappy, even though they've reached <laughs> the pinnacle of their profession. Trevor, are there guys in every clubhouse where you're like, can you shut the fuck up? It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. Uh, no, it's, it's always the bullpen. It's always the bullpen. It's like, it's right of passage, man. We got, we have to. We have to complain about conditions. We got to complain about like how many times the phones rang during a game. We got to complain about how quickly, you know, the, 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 the pitching coach like gets who they want to warm up out there. Like uh, uh, shout out to Wes Johnson, but like, my God, he would, he would have a 10 minute conversation explaining exactly <laughs> like what the plan was in this. And you know, when Hefner was here, he just nod and nod and nod and nod. And nod. we're just like, who is warming up? So uh, uh, that's, that's, those are the things that every little nitpicky thing, uh, uh, you know, from we're, we're all critiquing the, which bullpens are terrible and uh, whether, whether or not they're snacks. If the big thing for us last year was the Red Bulls were all expired. So it was like drinking water. <laughs> so it's like anything that's not considered the show or big leagues, we pointed out immediately. And it's always bullpen guys. Actually, a guy I came up with um, was a big, the saltiest guy I played with was Kevin Jepson. He was the dude who just, he could every little thing, hotels, uh, uh, the bus, like bus, he gets, he's like, there's a scratchy bus. This isn't a show bus. It was just always. So like, that's how I learned to, to be a bullpen guy. Cause that's when I first got moved out there. So, uh, love Jeppy, but he could, he could, he could complain with the best one. Jake, is there a dude that you, that you, uh, had on a team who just wouldn't shut up? I feel like I'm missing somebody, but yeah, I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Maybe that just means I had a lot of them or I had very few of them. I don't know. It's probably the first one, but um, I feel like that game, it's, it's almost like a game. Like you listen to one person kind of just bitch and be miserable and you want to like, okay, now what can I say that can top that? So you got to go it. back and forth and try to go, you know, who's had it tougher, who had the tougher upbringing, who had the, uh, you know, who had to the, uh, everything stacked against them and they still came out ahead, they, you know, that sort of stuff. So, I feel like that's a lot of it too. It's like, oh, well, you didn't have it as bad as I had it. Like, oh, back in the day, you know, back that, that type of thing. You ever played in this place? Like that's, that's <laughs> talking about stadiums in like short season or low A. It's like, oh yeah, but have you ever played here? Yeah. You I ever been in the Pioneer? Worse. You ever been in the Pioneer League? Yeah. Been there. But <laughs> yeah. Jake, you are from the Midwest. So let's listen to little uh, Jake Odorizzi back in the day, right before he got drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers. Since I was a little kid, I just dreamed about playing pro baseball. And now 
maybe tomorrow I'll finally have the opportunity to and I'll obtain my goal since I was a little kid and I don't even know what I'll do come draft day if I hear my name get called. It was so cute. Little nice shaky. soft voice. That's a nice soft voice too. I wish I still had. I could act like I'm a couple years younger, but gosh, what a, what a young stud. So how did it go? Well, like back then it, it wasn't on TV. I think this was the year before or two years before MLB Network started broadcasting the first round. So yeah, how did so this it was all go on, down? Uh, it was on ESPN back then. And mm. um, we, it was funny because we, we hadn't, we were still in our state tournament. So like the state tournament was the day after the draft. So it was like, we were all in a hotel near Chicago, like my high school team and I, and it was like a million degrees. AC was broken and sitting there. And back then I think the rounds were like super long too. They were like 10 minutes a pick or five minutes. Of, I yeah. forget what it was. It was a lot was longer a long back time. then than what it was now. So it took like three hours to get past the first round. And then I was like, all right, this is, I was disappointed because I didn't go like first, first round. So I was like, oh, this stinks. And then, um, you know, just that, the, that pride, that young, like, oh, this matters to me when reality, it doesn't matter whatsoever. But uh, yeah, it was just sweating it out. Finally happened. And then we had to play, like we had to play our state tournament right after that. So the next day and the day after, and it was like, you know, that was kind of all the buzz around there. Like, you know, I was the person who just got drafted and people were looking at me like, this is the guy, like, this is a nobody. <laughs> like this is this guy. This guy looks like he's uh, like he just fits in with uh, with the regular high school crowd. So, but uh, yeah, that's how it went back then. So, uh, shooting a long time ago for us now, Trev. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Trev, you were drafted the same year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phillies, I, Phillies guy. Phillies guy. I was, but you know, I went all the way in the fourth, uh, and I I had a couple of times where I got. I got I got calls from teams that said we're taking you with our next pick, and then they didn't. It happened actually twice. Who did uh, that in the third? Phillies and Cubs. Cubs did it, and then Phillies were like, "Hey, if the Cubs don't take you, they're like, has anyone called you?" We're like, yeah, the Cubs. They're like, all right, the Cubs because Cubs had the pick two picks before them. Cubs don't take you, we'll take you. And third round pass, both of them went by, and they both cho- chose different people. And I was like, am I getting drafted at all now? Like, what happens now? <laughs> And then I just called again and said the same thing for the fourth. They're like, Hey, if you're still there and they took, uh, I'll never forget, uh, uh, Caesar, Matt or no, Matt Serta, third, third, third baseman, uh, fourth round. Um, and then I, I got chose two two picks later, last pick of the fourth round by the Phillies. I was the seventh guy picked by the Phillies that year though. So, uh, uh, the, the other six guys. Show, showed up with the other six guys that got picked before me and we're I'm like man we got a lot of a lot of guys this year we made a lot of trades isn't it so funny you remember off? that type of stuff i have the same type of thing like two teams i thought i was going to go to and i know the two picks that they took as, instead of me but the same exact thing isn't it funny like that's what we remember out of that day it's like these are the two teams and these are the two players they took ahead this of us. This is the guy and, they thought very yes. specifically yes. they wanted more than me. Then it was close, yeah. obviously, because they told you they're like, hey, if you're there, and they it was a hard decision. They just they chose the other guy. Yep. It's very interesting. Chris, was one of mine was, was your team. One was what? the Indians, and then the other was uh, the Rockies. You're kidding me. Lonnie Chisholm Hall and Christian Friedrich. Christian those are the two guys. Those are yeah, the two Friedrich. guys that got picked. Yep. Instead yeah. of, it was between me and them both times, and they picked those guys. But yeah, Lonnie Chisholm was the Indians pick, and it was either me or him. So the weird, the weird thing with mine is one of the guys was on the like the Phillies were the other team. And they ended up taking me, so they they were actually like, "We're going to take you." <laughs> so I know for a fact they liked him more than me. So I showed up, and that guy, Jonathan Pettibone, was who it was, and he's from Cali. And I was like. Uh, I'm like who's this guy? <laughs> I throw way harder than him. Like that's how as we're all eighteen. I'm like I throw. I'm taller, and he's actually taller than me. Uh, but I, I outweighed him. So you just compare yourself immediately. Day one showed up on the same day. Uh, it's just it's hilarious. It's so funny. So Jake, hindsight. When you faced Lonnie Chisholm, did you like remember that in your brain when he stepped in the batter's box? You're like, that's the guy right. they took instead of me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I won't forget it. I have nothing against them. Played against them. Obviously, we're in the same division for a little while there. So we got to see each other. But yeah, those are the kind of things that I like stick around. With you. I told uh, I told Falvey that when we were in Minnesota together, I was like, hey, remember you guys drafted this guy over me when you were in, when you were in uh, Cleveland? And he was funny. Like he brought it up, too. He's like, I remember that draft very, very firmly. He's like there was a pick that threw everything off and everybody scrambled from that point on. 
Yeah. It's interesting. So it works. Yep. So then you get drafted by Milwaukee and less than two years later, basically they ship you out of town in the Zach Greinke deal. Yep. When you, when you get that call and you're a former first rounder and a bonus baby, and you're the, you're the future of our team. And all of a sudden they're pick up the phone and they're like, uh, Jake, by the way, have you ever heard of Kansas city? Cause you're going there. <laughs> How'd this go down? Mine was, it wasn't even that delicate. I found out on TV. It was like a, <laughs> an early morning trade. And it was like, like my phone was ringing. I didn't answer it. And then I had a bunch of missed calls. I'm like, all right, I'll flip on the TV. This seems like something's going on. I think it was around, it was around winter meetings time, December. And sure enough, first thing was, was Grinky with a Brewers logo on them. And I was like, all right, I think I can put the pieces together of why I'm getting calls this early in the morning. So, and then finally started returning them like, oh yeah, you're, you're gone. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll see you later. Like, good, good to know everybody. I was there for two years and I was the only minor league guy in the deal. So it was like almost getting redrafted again, to be honest. Like it was like, all right, you're the only minor leaguer going to Kansas city in this deal. So you're not with the people that you got traded with. So here you go. Fresh start. And then, you know, lo and behold, two years there. And then I was shipped out again. So just like pick pit stop there and move on. Do you doubt yourself at all when you're getting, I mean, here you are, you're a prize first rounder and you've been traded twice really before you're sniffing the bigs. Yeah, the first one was a lot tougher because, like, as you're drafted, you think, like, you're going to be with that one team. And they're like, oh, they really value all the – all, you know, you they spent this pick on you, blah, blah, blah. You're like, all right, I'm going to make my de- debut with this team. It's going to be one of those storybook situations. Maybe that's just the naiveness of, like, being a young guy and you're drafted. And you're like, all right, this is, you know, this is what's going to be my team for the next X amount of years. And then the business side of it hits you like, all right, you're you're not really – you know, you're important, but if there's something that can make their big league team better, they're going to do it. And, you know, it, it kind of hurt me a little bit at the time because like, well, do they just not believe in me? Do they, are they giving up on me? And then, you know, you get those calls like, oh no, this isn't about us not liking you. It's about, you know, we wanted to, you know, we believe we're close to winning at the big league level and this is what it took to do that. So that's what we were prepared to do. And, um, yeah. And then the second time Kansas city, Kansas city was a little bit different just cause I was there so quickly. And it wasn't like I ha- I've already been through it once. So it was a little bit easier to move on. And then they won a world series like two years later. And it's like, well, I guess I somehow had a hand in that. They traded me <laughs> for the people that helped them out. So I guess I can take a little onus in that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, you know, getting traded is just a very weird situation. Like the younger, you know, the worst, plus I got traded in the off season where you couldn't even really say goodbye to people. You know, you come up in the first two years with like in pro ball and you're, like, you're learning the ropes with these people. And then all of a sudden you're gone. And it's like, well, I didn't even get to get, say goodbye to my friends. And, you know, now years down the road, like it just it's just weird to look back on and not knowing what I know now back then. It was like, OK, it all worked out for the better, you know, as I look back on it. But at the time, it was pretty devastating. because Like, all right, now I'm going to start back from square one and do this all over again, which it kind of sucked the first year. So let's. Hopefully it doesn't suck as much the second time. Uh, Trev, you got traded for a great, great guy in Ben Revere, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Not exactly um, Henry Aaron when it came to hitting home runs. Nope. <laughs> I don't think he had any at the time of the trade. He right. didn't. Um, I believe he uh, he got one. He, he got did. one like he, that year in Philly. His first one. He did. Um, and then, but it, you know, I, I don't know if he got a full year in 19, he probably would have hit like 20, but, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Ben, Ben for, uh, and, and I didn't know a lot about Ben at the time, but, uh, and, and for the Vanimal Ben's early with me. So, um, I was just kind of the guy, I was just kind of the other guy in that trade, um, at the time, because Vance came off a really good year and he was like kind of a little bit of a breakout. He was a na- he, he he earned himself a name in Philly, um, literally a nickname. So uh, um, he was he was kind of high expectations going, and um, I don't think he enjoyed being in Minnesota that much. I'm not gonna speak to, for him, but it wasn't wasn't the most happy happiest happiest experience for him. Um, if he if you know having conversations with him uh, since then have, have proven that. But uh, um, yeah, it was again kind of bittersweet. It's one of those weird things where you're like, dang, like. I thought this is where I was going to go. 
Um, I had the, I was like pitcher of the year for the Phillies in 2011 and got to go up and get my award on the field and, and, you know, in, in Philly and, and, uh, um, you know, meet everybody. And it's funny, I, I just was there playing against them um, and, and saw the, the wayside clubbies and they're all the same guys, um, which was really cool. So I finally got to be like, I'm here. Like, I'm in your division now. Like, I, I, I made it here eventually. Uh, did Zach Greinke even remember that you were traded for him when you said hi? Yeah, so I actually, I, I told this story to the media after I had signed um, Zach. Actually, I met Zach before, you know, I was an Astro, but we're in this, we had the same agency. And uh, he sat in on my arbitration case with the Rays. And my, my second one, I hadn't met him at the time, nothing, never met him before. But um, he was, he wanted to know what the process was. I guess he didn't get to go through it when he was a player and he wanted to go through it and see what it was about. So he sat in on my case against my second time against the Rays and James Click, who's our GM here, was sitting across the table as an assistant GM with the Rays. So it was all three of us in a room together back in, when was that, 17? Yeah, no, 18, because I was traded like two weeks after that. So yeah, it was, it was uh, February in 18. So that was my first time actually getting to meet Zach. So we got to talk a little bit then and there. Obviously, it's kind of a busy, hectic day, but um, yeah, I mean, he's he's anything baseball he doesn't forget. So we we didn't even talk about being traded for each other. I, just, I think we were under the assumption of we kind of know um, that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, it was a pretty cool way to like introduce each other, like get an introduction, but in an arbitration setting when like he got called out by the the panel of people. Like they're saying, you know, they honored him, like just saying, hey, we're acknowledging that he's in the room you know, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was really funny. Like he got his own introduction. He was just sitting there listening. And I think he said something to the effect of like, they had, the media asked him about it too, after they had talked to me. And he said like, it was the most unexciting, uninteresting thing that he's ever been through or something like that. <laughs> or surpri surprisingly like uneventful. I forget what the term was, but it was really funny. And it's, I was like, man, it's exactly it. You just sit there for four hours and don't talk and just listen to people tell you how good or how bad you are. So, um, but yeah, I, I can't forget. I forget his exact quote, but it, it was funny. So have you and Granky had any good talks? Because I read an amazing column on him in The Athletic. They talked to like 15 of his former catchers and said they, they all said he is the most interesting player they've ever had as a teammate. Have you experienced any of the Granky factor yet? Not a ton since I showed up late. Um, you know, we were around each other a little bit in spring training, but it's such a weird, like, you know, he was on his own program. I was playing catch up. So I didn't really have a lot of time to sit and, you know, chill and talk and just be kind of in the locker room setting quite yet. So there were certain things like when they were talking baseball, they were talking about, um, what was it? Uh, I think we were talking about Dobnak's contract actually. And like getting his take, because he's very astute when it comes to contracts and like value and this, that like he's going to be a GM someday if he wants to, because he's like his knowledge for off the field stuff with baseball is like, it's incredible. He knows top prospects, that sort of thing. And it, it's fun to just sit back and listen to him because he's like, he'll say exactly what he's thinking, doesn't care if it's going to be, you know, if you're going to get offended by it, whatever it may be, it's he's going to tell you how it is. And I love that about anybody, but especially him because he does it like in such, like it's not filtered, it's just boom, here it is. Here's straight to it. And I couldn't love that any more than what I do when I get to hear people talk like that. It's great. So Jake, it was an interesting off season for you. You had to wait patiently, which um, I imagine wasn't a lot of fun for you. Yeah, that's putting it nicely. <laughs> Were there days where you woke up and it was, it was very challenging, like where you would talk to your wife and you'd be like, this is really pissing me off. Yeah. Um, there was quite a few of those days to be quite honest. Like I said it in my Houston presser too, is like, I thanked her specifically because like she was the one who kept me kind of in the positives a lot of the days because it was some of it's dark. Like, I mean, it, the longer it went, like the ups and downs, you just got pissed off. Like it was like, all right, I think something's going to happen today. I'm expecting a phone call today. You know, so-and-so is going to make you an offer today. And it's just like, if it doesn't happen or if it wasn't what you're thinking, whatever it is, like, it just brings you down. Like there's so many emotions, like the ride of it is ridiculous, but yeah, she, um, she did a great job of like just keeping me focused and grounded and like, you know, what's meant to be is meant to be, but it, you just can't get, you know, 
focused on this is the one thing and the one team and like even if you wanted to go there they might not want you and that's you know that's okay but we don't need to get pissed off about it and everything like that plus too it helped like with my kids like you know focusing on them having something other than baseball to focus on which was nice mm-hmm. because you know that like I feel like I was just living by my phone and dying by my phone and I was just like over it you know like I they they I, <laughs> this is trying to think of a good way to put it delicately like you know they've always talked about free agency being like the the light at the end of the tunnel the you know the rainbow you know pot pot of gold at the end of the rainbow all those stupid analogies that like my time in free agency this year was like my single most frustrating time I've ever had in baseball which is depressing when it comes down to it because you're like oh I made it finally I mean I made it the year before I did the qualifying offer thing I get it but like, this is the first time I felt like un- I was unrestricted because I didn't have that thing attached to me anymore. So really excited going into it. Obviously the year sucked, but still it was, it was like, it was almost like a letdown because you're like, you're just so excited. You want things to happen at, you know, at certain points you think you're going to be a member of a certain team and then it falls through or whatever it may be. And it's like, all right, now what? And then it's March and you're like, all right, I'm still sitting at the house. Like, what the hell is going on right now? Like, am I missing something? Am I, am I a lot worse than what people actually, you know, what if, do people think I'm a lot worse than I actually am? Like, why, what is the, you know, there's just so many things that go through your head. There's some dark days and, you know, early on, like I, I thought I was going to be a member of a certain team and then <laughs> some people took over that team. And they pretty much hated me. So it didn't fall through. And it was it was Trevor's team, but uh, <laughs> it uh, you know it is what it is, and that was uh, it was an interesting thing, man. So it's it's a weird one. Oh, baseball. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we did were you talking. Know that, like, Trevor? We're, we're, I did not know that. I tell right now, did not know that. Yeah, so we're here's, we're here's talking my face. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was before the hirings of their new people so and that's that's fine those are opinions but what it's what it is what it is and then circle i get that jake but couldn't you have could you have and this is big boy money we're talking about this is real life shit could you have texted trevor and been like hey like i'm interested in playing for your team and we feel like there's interest or would you never do professional athletes not go over that bridge Nah, I mean, we do like I talk, I text Trevor, I we actually talking, we talked to the Mets before he even signed there. And then I found out that he was signing there. So I text him. And, you know, we we kind of had a a talk. And (laughs) it it was really funny, because I was happy for him. It was like, he was the first guy to really sign in the offseason, like a big contract. And obviously, me being friends with him, it was great. And he's like, yeah, I'm on a plane right now, actually. (laughs) But uh no, it, it, it was one of those things where, you know, you get down the road far enough. It's like, all right, things might happen. And then obviously, you know, a lot of weird, interesting things happened with that organization this offseason, you know, good mm-hmm. and bad. So, um, you know, but that's just something like you have a lot of those kind of not to that extreme of stories, but like certain teams you thought you might potentially be with. And then when it gets down to talking to, you know, dollars and cents and they're like, Oh yeah, this is what we think. We're like, well, you were talking about this the entire time. And now you're going to say this. So it's like, you know, it's free agency. It's, it's the game. It's everything. It's, you know, how cheap can I get somebody, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, it, it, it was a weird, it was a weird one. That's for sure. <laughs> but you know, it's, that's life. That's, that's life in baseball COVID times. And I think I saw every team trying to cite that when it came down to money, like what we can do to save money, we're going to do it. Like they do it in normal times, but especially this year, like, you know, Oh, we didn't make any money this year. So we have to dock you guys because we didn't make any money. Like, okay, well, I know about that story, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, (laughs) you live too. (laughs) I know all about it. Yeah. And then you're like, and you're like, what can I do? Like I, you hold no leverage in that situation. You just, right. the only leverage like you have, like that I found, it was, it was actually a good piece of, it was some Intel from a former teammate of mine, Brad Miller. He's like, the biggest bullet you have as a free agent is the word no. And that's your only bullet. He's like, the word no can do so many things for you in free agency, because at the end of the day, you can say no to anything. And then, it makes them show their true hand, whatever it may be. 
but mm. no is the biggest powerful thing you can do in an off season. That's about your only tool because, you know, you can't reach into somebody's pocketbook and say, Hey, grab a little extra money and I'll take it. You know, that's, that's, we can't write our own checks or what, you know, whatever cliche you want to go with of trying to get, you know, market value of anything. But uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting, but uh, trust me, I'm glad that it's over with now. And now I can focus on being a baseball player again. All right. A couple more things I want to hit you with. So you end up signing with Houston. I mean, you know, the deal down there, you face that lineup. Did you have to go, oh, my God, all right, I'm signing with the Astros. I'm going to have to have some big boy discussions with guys who have been pulled through an investigation. Did you have to play that out in your mind? And then how did it play out? So when I was about to sign there, I mean, that went through my head of, you know, what, you know, I'm not really too worried about getting booed. Or like, I think to the point of, like, my situation of signing late, in blah blah you know it, it was a little more public like I was kind of the last free agent to sign a, a big league deal so it was kind of like the knowledge of hey I wasn't there for that so you know hopefully it doesn't really get brought up to me you know all that much um, and I haven't really experienced anything because I haven't really been up here yet but um, you know I haven't had any conversations with anybody honestly it was just about getting there and being part of the team as fast as I could, just because I only had two weeks left of spring training. But I imagine once I get to know some of these guys a little bit better and more on a personal level, like I can have an honest conversation about that and have a good, a good understanding, you know, like you, you, that's not something you do day one, come in and be like, Hey, tell me about this. What you know, all the ins and outs, like, that's just not it. Like, I think we all kind of know that as, as, um, as a player, as a person, whatever it may be, you're like, you, you, you have to get to know people and understand people, have them understand you because at some point it's a conversation that I, I would like to have with just for some understanding and some truth to it. Like it's not going to go any further than me and that person, whatever it may be, but it's, it's just something that's, you know, if it gets to that point, I, I, I'd like to have a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtain, just for some mental understanding. I'm not going to think any differently of anybody like, it's 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 a human thing we all get it. it's been publicized it's been punished it's been everything but um you know if we reach that point we reach that point if not i'm not going to press it with anything it's it's one of those things that if it presents itself then great if not i'm not going to push it like we're all here to win we're all here to do one job you know that happened four years ago now i think was that how long it's been 17 yeah 2017 <laughs> yeah so four years ago now a lot of those guys you know, we've had people come here, like there's been a lot of turnover, a decent turnover. I mean, that core is still here, but um, it didn't factor into my decision when I signed here. Yeah. When I, you know, trust me, when I, when I say that it was, it was honestly a place where I have a lot of ex-teammates here. I have like six or seven guys that I've played with before. That's a nice, like comfort level for me. Um, and truth be told, at the end of the day, it was my best free agent offer at the, at, at any point in the off season. So it was a no brainer for me when it came down to it. So that, like I said, that didn't factor in my decision, but yeah. you know, if we get to a point and there's a conversation, I'd be open to having it. Very good. Um, we are taping this on, on the day after news broke about Trevor Bauer and baseballs being confiscated by the league and looked at for a foreign substance and all that sort of stuff. Since I do have two pitchers, I want to start with you, Trevor may on this. Um, I read an article from, you know, Saris in the athletic, who quoted a player development guy in the offseason saying that benefits of a foreign substance on a baseball are, quote, better than steroids. What are we looking at here? I, I can't even begin to explain how ridiculous that statement is. <laughs> <laughs> I... I you know what? I, I totally get it gripping the ball. I know what a day feels like when it's like, you know, 72 degrees. You have the perfect amount of moisture on your hand and the ball doesn't feel like it's been just sitting in baby powder for the last three days. You know, uh, uh, how good that is and how, how dip, big of a difference it is. But, you know, the, the whole steroid thing, I mean, like that was a recovery. That was playing every day. That was feeling like a million bucks every morning when you woke up, which is definitely not the case anymore. Uh, and so... Um, it's just, I, I think this is just a, and this is, this might be a little bit of a hot take. I think that the obsession with talking about this currently 
feels very like people really like drama uh and and it's being turned in this gigantic issue when it's not a gigantic issue um it's 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 like it's it's hard to really get into the nuts and bolts because you know there is a very explicit explicit rule about you know uh foreign substances being used to quote unquote doctor a baseball now what that means is just wildly shrouded in gray area um and and like we have rosin right we got we have something that technically putting rosin on a baseball is putting something that's not already already on it onto it so that 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 is a thing i think there needs to be a um because everyone talks about who does what and 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 you know how far is too far and whatever i think we're better off finding some sort of standardization uh because you know it's just chasing guys down one at a time is is not going to be a very effective um way to handle something like this but um in terms of the benefits and and myself you know i I don't have a ton of experience but in terms of the benefits and anyone i've ever known who ever seen or played with that 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 had used anything or or prepped their hand or used put sunscreen on or whatever it was uh, um you know didn't have a drastic change in 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 quote-unquote stuff Right. They, they just didn't. I, I don't think the, the number increase is trying to get well, people say like having increased spin rate is like people taking zero. No, increased spin rate doesn't inherently make you an insanely good pitcher. It, it, spin rate is, is, is an indicator of, of how sharp a pitch might break or, or how well it might defy gravity for carry or, or, you know, just how well it does the movement that it does. But other than that, it's just that's the value of that number. So it's just it's kind of a lot of a lot of stuff that isn't the correlated the way that people think it is being thrown out there as if it's like this crazy thing. And it just isn't, I, it's, it's a little eye rolling to me at times, just how big it's being made. Um, All right. Well, th- that, that same article though, it said uh, quoted an unnamed coach with experience in several major league organizations saying, quote, almost everyone is using something, Jake. I mean, it is, Including spit on your hand, including licking your fingers. It's the same exact thing. It's the, that's what people are trying to, they get that feeling of being able to grip a ball. Like really. So is this just baseball, Jake, everyone I've ever talked to looking for something yeah. that's not there. So, I think it's interesting that like, this is the emphasis now, but like, what was it a year ago, two years ago, three years ago? Like we were saying like the balls have changed and mm. you know, nothing ever really got put out there with that. And now we're focused on this. We're not going to, you know, we're supposed to, we're going to forget about how pretty much from 16 on the balls kept getting tighter and going further. And you no, know, the composition of the balls didn't change, but you know, the massive amounts of home runs that were being hit and the, the, the uh, what was it? The big league ball flies 50 feet further than the triple a ball, whatever it may be like, we never got answers when it came to that, but yet everybody in the league knew something had changed, but what, what could we do about it? Like, it's we almost like, it. yeah. Yeah. Like there was nothing, there was nothing for players to do, but like from a, from a stuff standpoint, like watch any game when the new ball gets thrown to a pitcher, what's the first thing that they do? They do this mm-hmm. to the ball. You're taking off the slickness of the ball because they're rubbed in what is it? Uh, Mississippi, Mississippi mud. river mud. Yeah, exactly. So, the dries. When those balls are rubbed exactly you don't know when they're rubbed so if they sit for a while they become very chalky and very slick so every pitcher that gets it is trying to get that off so from my standpoint i would rather have an unrubbed ball than a rubbed up ball so like maybe we stop rubbing up baseballs you know see if that makes a big difference on stuff because that's the problem is you get them and they got this chalkiness on it. You just take it and you wipe it off and then you go from, you know, you go from there. So if that's your first move, why don't we eliminate that step and just quit putting mud on the balls and see and see what it does. But I think too, like how they do in Japan, like there's a, there's a tackiness on the ball just to give it a little grip out of the package. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. like we couldn't translate that to over here, give it a try. Like we're so this is another soapbox statement as well too we're so into trying new things now in major league baseball that we're but yet we're against trying anything with the baseball or anything that we've been complaining about for you know years but we'll we'll try a guy on second base and in you know extra innings we'll try 
we'll try this, we'll try that, but we won't try anything. Like when it comes to a simple step of not rubbing up a baseball or here, we haven't exactly found something that would make a baseball feel better. But yeah, Japan has been doing this for how many years? Like, can we make a phone call? Can we, can we make a joint, uh, hey, you guys a joint it. agreement? Like, Hey, can we, you know, can we partner together, whatever it may be and everything like that. But, um, you know, it's just a, it's a very weird thing. And everybody, like every position player, like has pine tar in their glove because they don't want the ball to slip out. So you have infielders, you have outfielders, the you have catchers, you have, yeah, like you have sticky spray. People do sticky spray on their gloves. Like they don't want the ball flying, you know, first baseman have it in their glove because they don't want to lose the ball on picks and whatever it may be. Like the amount of people who could put a substance on the ball, if it's being subjectively tested, like, I don't really understand how you could you know, come to a full on conclusion that it's just the pitcher doing it. You could jam a guy and hit the, <laughs> the, the pine tar on their bat. And now it's got a huge spot of pine tar on it. What if they're testing that one? And it's just like, Oh, that one moved weird. Right, what, it happened to me yesterday. I got a broken bat, got it back. And it was hitting the, hitting the, uh, uh, hit some pine tar and it had a big spot of pine tar and I threw it out. Cause I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to throw this. Like it, 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 just think about that this way. Everyone's trying to find a comfort level. You want to be on the mound. You want to feel comfortable. You're like, all right, everything's we're mechanically, you know, our shoes are, we need our shoes tied tight. We need everything. You're like, you don't want anything out of whack balls the same way. So you're like, I want to be able to know that I can grip these laces and that when I throw the pitch, I want to throw, it's going to go where I intend it to go. And the same thing when a hitter comes, you see guys with a caked as far as it can be on. There's guys that use a little bit. They just want to feel the bat in their hand, like it's extension of their body. We want our, the ball to feel like extension of our body. And that, that, that is the goal. If that makes like why we rub the balls down, why we're always like adjusting in our hand or like digging it in or whatever. We're always just trying to get to where that sweet, where, where, where we're gripping, where, where a grip feels like it's supposed to. And, and that's the thing. And like in my head, when I think about those things, like the, why we, why anyone does things, why I do all the stuff I do whenever I'm touching a ball and I just grab it out of the ball and throw it, throw it because they're going to be different. And like you said, um, when balls are rubbed up, a lot of people don't know this. Um, it's usually, you know, uh, 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 it's the same guys for every team and they're rubbing them up. They do it before the game and it's usually put into a big bag, right? For the game, the, the balls at the bottom as, as they dry, that chalkiness comes off a little bit and the balls at the bottom get chalkier and chalkier and chalkier because it sifts to the bottom. So like when you're getting towards the bottom of a bag, we, you only use half a bag and use the bag again the next day. Those might be more chalky. Uh, if you're in Arizona or if you're in Florida, those are two different places where there's 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 5% humidity and 90% humidity. The amount of moisture, like when when it's when it feels damp with that Mississippi mud, then it just feels like there's mud on it. <laughs> or it feels like a cue ball. So like there's just no way, and they do the humidity or I get that. There's just no way to make the balls feel standard because of nature. So well, and there also isn't a exact amount that they put on each ball like the 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 rubbing application that there's a picture of baseballs that says to not enough like this per, not enough perfect too much and you're supposed to aim for the middle so like there's no each ball isn't like you don't use the exact same amount on each ball it's literally look at this picture and say get to as close as this as you can we realize there's going to be some over here and somewhere here but we're shooting for in the middle so like the consistency is not there again like something you would think would have been figured out by now of all right here's a machine that puts the exact same amount on exactly. each ball yeah. and whatever maybe like, you know there's, there's, there's a lot of things that there's a lot of things on chance in this game that can be solved i think i would think relatively quickly but we just haven't like maybe we're looking too hard at it instead of just simplifying things well, Jake, listen, you have been oh so gracious with your time. We do a little thing here called uh, spinning the wheel of moderately interesting things, and I've changed a bunch of the topics. So we've got uh, double play, job fair, get up here, e-tail, and paper trail. I'm going to give it a little spin. You guys will answer, and we'll get you on your way. Oh, God. I oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, put it in I the really blooper did. reel. That's awesome. There's no blooper reel. Uh, not yet there isn't. No oh. such thing. Oh. I can't believe I just hit myself in the face. That was awesome. With a moderately interesting thing. Nothing will be more moderately interesting than that, by the way. <laughs> Better spin. That was a good spin. We got Job fair. Okay. Um, I want you to think of a job that you would be great at in a baseball stadium that has you out of uniform. 
So something else in the stadium that you'd be like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to do. Jake, what is it? I would be one of the best clubhouse attendants you've ever seen. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I spent enough time shooting the shit with them during Just my hanging. time in Minnesota. So, <laughs> yeah, I've learned a lot from old uh, Hot Rod McCormick up there. Oh, and old Frank Hanslick. Yeah, I mean, me and Trevor. Me and Trev, I used to sit in there and just, you know, be I think I got to the title of honorary clubby. Nice. Very good. Trev? Uh, I don't know if I could do clubhouse. Too much crap to deal with. Uh, I would definitely be a great PR person. I could oh. run the PR department. Because yeah, you could say no. They're Sometimes they're great at that. Yeah, yeah. Say no. Uh, I think I could bring lots of opportunities. Think outside the box to players. I think that's oh. going to be something. I think that I'm going to have something to do with that uh, post playing career. Just just helping guys figure out their, their niche, their market marketing players. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think I would do. I think I would do a good job, and I think I uh, I think I have a pretty good understanding of like why guys don't want to talk to media, when they do, when they don't, and and uh, you know, finger on the pulse of that too. So I think I could do PR. That's awesome. That's awesome. Jake, for being a great guest on the Chris Rose rotation, you will leave with a parting gift as well. So Don, tell him what he won. Jake, we know that sometimes it's tough to take out the trash in Houston. So during your season down there, the Rose rotation will send somebody by to pick up your trash every week. Enjoy that courtesy of the Chris Rose rotation. <laughs> Free. Charge. can i just put like your photo on the trash chute here in my apartment building and just dump it down there we'll call that we'll call it even yes and put it a big <laughs> wide rose mouth or maybe i'll send you a still of me hitting myself in the face of the there you go. wheel of modern yeah we, we can get a cut out from the stands like from last year that was one of those big old face ones we'll just cut a mouth hole and it will put it right on the trash chute <laughs> right in there <laughs> Jake, it was great visiting, man. Best of luck this season with the Houston Astros. We look forward to seeing you out there on the Major League Mound soon. All right, man? All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And anytime you need me, you know where to find me. All right, bro. You got it, my man. Be well. See you, Jake. All right, we're going to wrap things up on the Chris Rose rotation with Trevor May of the New York Mets. Uh, your homework assignment, uh, Mrs. Rose does not have it um, on her desk. What, what transpired here? So as you can imagine, we were supposed to start um, in, in, in Washington, I was supposed to go out and see the sites of historical Washington. And then the breakout happened. And wow. instead of, um, having any freedom, that freedom was then snatched from us. Um, and they were like, Hey, if you guys could just like not do or go anywhere and just look out your window and my window faced into a roof. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't go anywhere doing anything and I was just trying to uh trying to avoid getting in trouble and just get past it um so it was just straight to the field straight to the hotel room it was a miserable road trip it was a truly miserable road trip but it's over this so week, this if, time uh, though I'll crush it what do you got for me if this had been uh 18 months ago and you said uh COVID prevented me from doing my homework assignment that would have been right up there with the dog ate it Yep. But now, because we have lived through all of this, mm -hmm. and it is no joking matter over the last 14 months or so, Mrs. Rose says that is more than an acceptable answer. Thank you, Mrs. I will Rose. answer on her behalf. So now we're going to need you to dig into your archives. Your homework assignment is to, if you can, get video of you, the first time you DJed or the first time somebody took video of you DJing back in the day in the Pacific Northwest and you can play it for us and break it down the next time oh, we do this. I got, a, I got a very specific, very specific um, show I did that I think my wife has video of, so that'll be just phenomenal. That is going to be great. Okay. That is gonna I can do that. I can do <laughs> that. I can do. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, listen, um, let's keep throwing some, some bagels up there on the, uh, on the runs and hits column. 100%. So I, you know. That is the goal. I want, to, I want to feel at ease when I'm watching Trevor make. We got to we got to deep breaths and one day at a time, man. That's why I'm. You know, we got a lot of young guys. We got a lot of we got a lot of dudes in that. I'm going to be honest. Uh, the Mets clubhouse is one of the most. There, there's energy. There is so much energy, and there's everyone's so young and has so much energy. And uh, I, I'm. It's so weird being the veteran guy who's like, hey, one game at a time, one inning, one at bat, one pitch, like. Like, 
you know, guys were throwing out, all right, what if our record's this through this? And then we can just do, I'm like, guys, one day at a time, just coming in the day. We need to come into this clubhouse every day, expecting to win that night, getting the job done, stringing stuff together, getting it over with, put that one away, move on to the next one and stay there. Just do it forever. And that's how the best teams win because we have the talent. I mean, the talents, it's yeah, off the charts. So, charts. but yeah, yeah, it's just, it's so weird being that guy now. <laughs> Well, we want to thank everybody for uh, watching and or listening to the Chris Rose Rotation. If you're joining us on our YouTube channel, give us the old thumbs up and leave a comment as well. And uh, thank you to wherever you download your podcast. Keep subscribing and uh, give Trevor five stars because he loves that. Thank and you hit him up stars. on Twitter. He likes that too. Yeah. Crash it. And please thank your family because I know you're doing this on your off day. So thank you for giving us an hour of your time. I will. I will. Thank you for uh, for, for working with me. That was appreciate that. It's always fun. Trevor May the New York Mets. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, part of John Boy Media. <laughs>